0: Welcome to The Core here on American Family Radio. So glad to be with you today on the show. AFA at The Core. You can uh, keep up with The Core by going to our website, AFR.net. AFR.net, that's if you got an internet browser and you want to jump over to our website, you can do so by keying in AFR.net. That's the URL. Very simple, very easy to remember. You can even bookmark our favorite, the page, uh, as they now call it, and uh, get there pretty quickly in your browser. If you don't want to do the browser route and you just want to have the app, you can do that, too. We have the American Family Radio app available for download on your mobile device, on your tablet device, on your Roku, on your Apple TV. We offer the app in multiple places. Amazon Alexa, we have the AFR Skill that's what they call it there. So we make EFR uh, and the core available for you uh, on multiple platforms. So go and take advantage of that. Lastly, you can subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. We upload the show each day after the show is over. We upload it as a podcast and you can subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. So glad you're with us today on the show. Now, we're going to have a special guests on the next two segments, the second and the third segment. Uh, we're going to have on next segment, we're going to have on Rob West from Money Wise, heard each weekday here on American Family Radio, one of our brand-new shows, talking about how to handle your finances and uh, how to handle your money as stewards, uh, as stewards of what God has entrusted to us. So we'll talk with Rob about his new show on AFR. We'll also talk to Dr. Tara Sander-Lee. She's a Harvard scientist, and she's also director of life sciences over at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. So we'll talk with her last segment about this pending case before the Supreme Court that's set to be released this month and her experience in the life movement and what she sees for the future of this country as it in regards to fighting to save as many babies as possible. Uh, Psalm chapter 27 is where we are this week. Psalm is full of wisdom. Almost every verse is full of some type of wisdom. Psalm chapter 27 verse 1 and 2, David says, "The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life, of whom shall I be afraid?" When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. So David starts off, Who shall I fear? The Lord is my light and my salvation. So he's declaring that he should not fear anyone but God alone because the Lord is his stronghold. He goes on to say, When the evildoers do come after me, I'm paraphrasing here, they're the ones that stumble. They're the ones that fall. So in the midst of our uh, difficulties and trials that we face here on earth, remember we're all fallen. We're all dealing with sin, our sin nature. And the only exemption we'll get from that is in eternity, the permanent exemption of uh, the permanent healing from sin will come in eternity through uh, through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. So that's where our eternal sanctification, our permanent cleansing will take place uh, and we will be free of these uh, fleshly desires. But until then, we struggle. We struggle between flesh and and the Spirit. We struggle between our heart, our mind, and the Spirit. And as we do that, And as we have evil come upon us, um, David says that ultimately the adversaries and the foes, they are the ones that stumble and fall. So it may not seem that way in the moment, but let's remember, folks, that in the long run, in the long game, those who do evil will face eternal punishment, eternal damnation. Those of us who believe in Jesus Christ for the eternal remission or forgiveness of sins, we will still be standing uh, on Judgment Day. We will standing be standing before the throne of God, and we will be granted into heaven uh, because of our belief, because of our faith in Jesus Christ. So we'll be the ones standing. Our enemies, the evildoers, they'll be the ones stumbling and falling uh, on uh, Judgment Day. Let's see Moving into our uh, sh- sh- show for today, some of the stories I want to get to this first segment. By the way, uh, don't go see this uh, new Disney movie, Lightyear. Don't take the kids. Don't go see it. It's a waste of money, and here's why. Uh, Disney, you know, they've been trying to wade into the uh, a culture war realm. They've been trying to wade into the, uh, the war o- over the hearts and the minds of our children via uh, the The Florida law that was aimed at protecting young children, protecting their hearts, protecting their minds, and so Disney weighed in. They tried to go after the state of Florida and the governor there, and it just didn't didn't work out too well for Disney. Well, they uh, in in the midst of all of that, they added a kiss between uh, two people of the same sex in their latest release um, called Lightyear. And so don't take the kids to see that because you're going to have to cover their eyes. You're going to have to explain to your children uh, why the two individuals of the same sex are kissing. So uh, don't go see the, uh, the movie Lightyear, the latest Disney release. Um, we were actually going to go see it, my wife and I and our kids, until they added the disgusting, inappropriate, and immoral kiss in the film. So we're not going now because my kids don't need to see that. Uh, my, my job as dad is to protect their eyes, to protect their heart, to protect their mind. And I'm not taking them and paying for a film and a production that um, I'm constantly having to explain why what you just saw on the television or on the screen is inappropriate. It's bad. It's unbiblical. Uh, so I'm not, I don't want to be in that situation at all. Definitely don't want to pay for it and be put in that situation intentionally. So uh, we're cur- encouraging our audience, everyone listening to the program, everyone who supports our work here at American Family Association to not support, do not go to this latest Disney release light year. You can view more about that action alert and view more about our reasoning there, and also sign our petition to pledge not to go see this on our website, afa.net. we got about 73,000 families so far. They have said, we are not going to see the film. 73,553 families have said, no thanks, Disney. We're not going to watch and participate in your propaganda. Well, Hillary Clinton, or rather Donald Trump, he's not allowed, apparently, to say that the election was stolen in 2020. And, you know, everybody's mocking, has been mocking Donald Trump the past few years, uh, saying the election wasn't stolen. You're not supposed to say that. That's treasonous that's an insurrection you can't say that the election was stolen well you want to know who else has said that an election has been stolen in the past well hillary clinton after the 2016 election she said she has said on multiple occasions that the 2016 election was stolen and who's canceling her who's deplatforming her who's uh having hearings an entire congressional committee set up to investigate her nobody is why because it's a complete double standard and i can go back and pull clips of other democrats who have called elections stolen including um the um stacy abrams in georgia she said on multiple occasions that that uh, kemp stole the election from her this goes back to 2018 and uh you know no, nobody wanted to criticize her or deplatform her well let's just let Hillary Clinton speak for herself. Here's Clinton saying that the 2016 election was stolen.
2: You can run the best campaign. You can even become the nominee. And you can have the election stolen from you.
0: (laughs) You can run the best campaign and you can still have the election stolen from you. That's what Hillary Clinton said. That's her position of the 2016 election. Now, was the election stolen from her in 2016? Of course not. And I'm not just saying that because Donald Trump won, but there's no evidence of widespread election fraud. No, on a serious note, there's no evidence that the election was stolen from her in 2016. They tried to say that it was Russia, Russia, Russia. You know, the Russians stole it. But, there was no evidence of that. I mean, they even hired their own operatives to run a twenty plus million dollar investigation and they found nothing. They found absolutely nothing. Good throw, Bobby. Bobby throwing me water in the studio. My pleasure. <laughs> if you're watching on Facebook. Um, so the election wasn't stolen in twenty sixteen and you know, people who say, Well, Donald Trump shouldn't say that the election was stolen either. Well, there's actually evidence to show that there was widespread fraud and illegality during the 2020 election cycle. So there's actually evidence. So so we bring evidence to support our claim. Hillary Clinton brings no evidence and throws out a claim that the election was stolen. Who has something to say? I guess nobody but me. Moving on to a couple other stories this segment. Donald Trump, he, he predicted it. He predicted the... Uh, He predicted the Biden policies. Let's listen to this montage of Donald Trump in the election in 2020 during the campaigning, predicting Joe Biden's failure of a presidency, clip three.
1: Before I took office, there were a lot of folks out there making some pretty bold predictions about how things would turn out. You might remember some of the predictions. They're coming for your guns, they're coming for your jobs, and they're coming for your freedom. They hate American energy and Joe Biden will shut it all down. He's going to Uh, that if I became president. Biden's elected. He will wipe out your energy industry. Another prediction that is my favorite one, I must add, is that if I got elected. Gas prices going five, six, seven dollars for a gallon. (laughs) Flood your communities with criminal aliens, drugs and crime while they live behind beautiful gated compounds. They try to take away your gun, Second Amendment, they wanna take it away. While they enjoy private security that's fully armed. I never understood that one. To spend trillions of dollars rebuilding foreign nations, fighting foreign wars, and defending foreign borders. So for all those predictions of doom and gloom six months in, here's where we stand. Do you want to use the word recession or depression? Think of the single mom <laughs> struggling to put food on the table each time. You know, it's uh, it's sad. So your primary concern right now is inflation. We could stop it in 30 minutes. Why is the cause? He finally went outside. He went to get an ice cream. Well, the bottom line is this. I say you're not doing a very good job. Because he can't take any questions now from the press. <laughs>
0: Mr. President, Mr. President doesn't take questions on the fly. They've all got to be sit-down interviews, pre-recorded, pre-scripted, or they got to be teleprompter-driven. That's the president that we have now. Interesting fact, you know, the uh, the Democrats have been lodging their war on oil, their war on fossil fuels for years now. They've ramped it up now where they call the anyone who works for the fossil fuel industry or anyone who owns a energy company they call them evil they want to arrest them they want to put them in jail for producing fossil fuels well here we are you know we're at a point in this country where gas is five dollars a gallon they are coming for our guns So next time people who are right on many things tell you what the Democrats are going to do and the Democrats tell you what they're going to do, you better listen. You better listen. I'm talking to the Biden 2020 voters that thought that this gentleman, the president, was going to bring healing and unity to this country. He's done everything But that and has destroyed our economy. Be back in a few.
2: Immediately, he made the disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. My name is Abraham Hamilton III, and this is the Hamilton Minute. Here, Jesus instructed his disciples to cross a lake and meet him on the other side of it. As they went, they were met by a violent windstorm that halted their progress. Often in our Christian lives, we receive clear instruction from the Lord only to be met by an obstacle that halts our progress. We must, however, recognize that the onset of a storm does not cancel out God's instructions. Halted progress does not equal denied destination. When Jesus directed the disciples to go to the other side, he absolutely meant for them to get there.
1: Delay does not equal denial.
2: Listen
3: each weekday from 5 to 6 p.m. Central for The Hamilton Corner with Abraham Hamilton III, public policy analyst for the American Family Association.
4: This is Raising Godly Girls Minute with Patty Garibay of American Heritage Girls.
2: It comes as no surprise that the secret to raising a godly girl is first being a godly parent. The special bond between mothers and daughters is something to be treasured. Together you experience the beauty of womanhood. But the bond between a daughter and her father is truly an incredible gift. From a young age, a caring father shows his daughter the unconditional love, respect, and admiration she deserves from the world. A virtuous father shows his daughter how to live according to God's will, to love others, to strive for holiness, and to seek forgiveness after wrongdoing. Proverbs tells us the righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. The presence of a godly man is important in raising a godly girl.
4: We are all called to raise up the next generation of Christian leaders. Learn more about empowering girls through the love of God at RaisingGodlyGirls.com A message from Hannah's heart. Becoming
0: a dad is a big deal,
3: but it's not always easy infertility affects one in eight couples and it can drain you financially, physically, emotionally,
0: and spiritually. As men, we feel the need to provide for our wives, fix what's hurting, give them children, and protect
3: them. So watching your wife hurt deeply and knowing you have no way to make it stop, it's excruciating. Not to mention, you really want to be called dad. But remember this, Our God is the original Father, and we are His children. In the same way that you desire to care for your family, God
0: longs to provide and care for you. In fact, one of His names is Jehovah-Jireh, the God who provides. No matter what
3: you're going through, just remember, He is a good Father, and He's got you.
4: Hannah's Heart is a program for couples struggling with infertility and miscarriage. Tune in Saturdays at 5 p.m. Central on AFR.
5: AFA at the core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the core on American family radio.
0: Welcome back to the core here on American family radio. So glad to have you with us today. Well, all of us, if not all, many of us, uh, we have to work through our finances every day, every week, every month, and every year. To uh, pay our bills, to be good stewards, to tithe to our local church, to uh, support our family, and, uh, and to enjoy our life here on this earth that God has blessed us with. Well, we have a brand new show here on American Family Radio that helps you work through the issues of finances and helps you to be a good stu- steward. We have on with us right now Rob West. He's host of Money Wise here on American Family Radio. Brand new show. Rob, welcome to the Corps. Walker it's great to be with you you know Rob we've done a lot of meetings just you and I and our group here as we were onboarding uh you and the show and uh but it's good to have you on the radio on the show with me I've been listening uh to your show each weekday on AFR well how how are the calls I know you know starting a new show is one thing on the network I know you've been doing radio for some time now so you're not new to radio but you got to You got a new audience in American Family Radio. How have the calls been, the live callers? You know,
6: it's been great. I mean, that's the part that I enjoy the most, Walker, is just being invited into folks' stories and being able to encourage them, some going through a really challenging time right now, others in an opportunity where they have a surplus, and they're saying, how can I use that uh, to help others and be the hands and feet of Jesus right now? But the calls have been great. Uh, Obviously, folks are getting to know me, I'm getting to know them, but we're having a lot of fun each day, that's for sure.
0: That's great. Well, uh, folks, you can hear Rob each weekday here on American Family Radio at 9 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Central. You can hear Money Wise on AFR. You can call in and ask Rob your questions about your finances. Uh, you can also listen to the show on our website and on our app. Uh, Rob, I, w- I do want to do more than just promote the show. I actually want to ask you a question since, I I got a direct line here to you. <laughs> That's um, great. the right now we're experiencing, um, Record inflation, at least over uh, in the last 40 years, record inflation. Uh, CPI, consumer price index, is hovering around 8.5, 8.6 percent every month for the past few months, and uh, ever uh, most people who who operate, you know, on a not necessarily even a tight budget, but you know, a comfortable budget, but there's just not a whole lot of surplus in income. Uh, What are some tips you can give to families out there that are seeing their grocery bill go up a little bit every week? Uh, You know, they're paying double or, or, you know, 30% more, 50% more for fuel. What are some simple pointers that you would give to a family out there? Yeah. Yeah. Well, as you
6: point out, there's real challenges right now. I mean, the estimates are that the average American family is spending about 5000 more annualized just because of inflation and where it hits them in a real practical way at the grocery store, at the gas pump, and that's just the beginning. Uh, so it really, as you know, Walker, it begins with going back to that spending plan. Either you already had a spending plan and it's time to buckle up and figure out what does this actually mean for us how much more are we spending and what do we need to do to cut back in other areas to make sure we account for that or if you've resisted the b word in the past and it's time to put that budget in place where we've got to begin to track and be honest with ourselves over 30 or 60 days what am i actually spending both those things i get a bill for and those things i don't the truly discretionary expenses and the starting place is just to say can i make the budget balance is there more outgo than inflow, and if, not, if there is, then what do I need to do about that? Uh, in terms of practical ways to adjust that, I mean, I think obviously the starting point is to say what kind of gap exists. And then start to hit it head on. I mean, it could be something like seeing if you can work from home more often. You know, if you have that flexibility now and uh, employers are increasingly offering work remote opportunities, uh, take advantage of it. Let's get off the highways and and not spend so much gas. Uh, You know, simple things like what about all those subscriptions we have that perhaps are bringing the wrong kind of media into the home to begin with, not to mention uh, the kind of the churn every month of what I'm spending for media subscriptions, whether it's on the internet or uh, a streaming service coming into the house. I mean, what can I eliminate? Let's take a fresh look at that. Can I go paperless and eliminate some fees? Should I call my cable company or my phone, cell phone company and negotiate? You know, you Mm. can do that with those services. And especially if they think you may be on your way out, it'll be amazing what you can do Uh, looking for rebates ways to get a few cents off per gallon I mean I think we just need to get creative right now recognizing we're stewards of God's money we need to be wise and shrewd and realize these are challenging times and so we need to respond accordingly
0: yeah and, and I do want to encourage the audience and if you know somebody is um was planning on retiring next year and they're seeing and they were heavily in the market in their 401k account they're uh they're going to tell me, Walker and Rob, you guys just don't understand how bad of a predicament I'm in. And and I understand that, but Rob, our market has been down before. Our economy has gone through, uh, bad times before. So provide some encouragement for the 30 or 40 year old, or even 50 year old, who's just saying, I'm just pulling it all out of the market. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm building a hole. I'm digging a hole in my backyard and I'm never going to play the market (laughs) game again. What do you have to say to those folks?
6: Well, I just think that's a losing proposition. You know, if we try to, first of all, time the market, history would say that doesn't work. I mean, imagine uh, those, and I talked to many of them on the radio at the beginning of the pandemic when we went from the fastest, uh, you know, top to a a bear market in history, and they got out of the market, and we only uh, saw the rise to the quickest bull market in history the month following. Now, that was very, you know, uh, (laughs) collapsed in terms of time frame, this one obviously is going to be much more extended. There's different issues here. This is not driven by a pandemic. We have larger issues now, but these tend to work in cycles. We see these usually about every ten to twelve years. Uh, you might say this time is different. I, you know, each one has its own challenges. We've had seventeen percent interest rates. We've had oil embargoes. We've had all kinds of challenges. Uh, the average recession, if that's what happened, what happens later this year or early next year, and there's still probably a fifty. 50 chance of that. Uh, recessions tend to last on average when you pull out the real quick ones, uh, 22 months on average with a downside in the market of about 35%, maybe 40 at the most. Well, we're already down 20% from our highs. And so I think the very best opportunity is for you to stay the course. Mm. You know, if you've got time on your side, you're a long-term investor, we're likely closer to the bottom than we are from where we came from. And so continuing to, you know, really stay. In invested for the long term. uh, That's the way to overcome the purchasing power that you're losing through inflation and really have the prospect of regaining what you have and uh, and move to higher ground.
0: All right, Rob, thank you so much for coming on The Core. I encourage our audience to listen to your show at 9 a.m. Monday through Friday on AFR. Uh, Keep up the good work, Rob, and keep pitching out the good advice.
6: All right, Walker, great to be with
0: you. All right, thanks, Rob. That's Rob West with MoneyWise here on American Family Radio. He's heard at nine a.m. Central, Monday through Friday. You can call in uh, to Rob's show and ask your question um, about finances, about your finances, and and how um, how you can better uh, your situation. Uh, Rob is, uh, of course, host of MoneyWise, uh, and he has a, a, a another uh, other ministry as well. Um, he is um, a Larry Burkett uh, ministry disciple, and he comes from um, in the background of Howard Dayton. And actually, some of the shows that aired on American Family Radio uh, back you know, when we first started our radio broadcast. And so you can hear Rob on American Family Radio at 9 a.m. Central, Monday through Friday here on the network. And uh, we encourage you to tune in to the show, to call the show, and uh, to uh, participate in that program. It's really an important topic. As Christians, you know, we we talk about many issues on the the core. Uh, One of those that we do address from time to time is stewardship. It's finances and how the markets and the economy are affecting the bottom line of your budget. Well, uh, continuing this topic of the economy and uh, and what's going on there the um as far as the the energy problem you know this is um the the Biden administration's in a predicament they're in a they're in a predicament and you know I don't know why this is not being called out by the mainstream media but you know the Biden administration and the, the these the, the the democrats have spent you know decades demonizing the fossil fuel industry and here Biden is begging <laughs> begging oil executives to increase production. I mean, what? Where is Al Gore when we need him to come in and tell Biden that we can't increase production and oil capacity uh, because oil is a bad thing? That's what they say. That's their talking point. Well, folks, uh, energy uh, helped and led the way for the Industrial Revolution and, and and the majority. I mean, all of our economic advances in america historically have been done using energy i mean you can't build new york city with zero energy you got to have the tractors you got to have the power you got to have the diesel you got to have the gasoline uh so so this idea and it's it's really a faulty faulty way of thinking and number one i've debunked the climate change hoax on the program multiple times uh, you know, they say that that fossil fuels are are uh, are your vehicles emitting carbon uh, uh, CO two, and that's poisoning the planet. That's their narrative, despite the fact that plants need CO two to survive. That's food for plants, and so they throw out this talking point. They get get everybody scared. They talk about how the oceans are rising, and how you know the planet's gonna burn in five years. They give these 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 deadlines that 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 never come to pass. But it's all built on on very faulty science, if any science at all, and it's really aimed at controlling people. That's what this is all about. From their their perspective, their goal is to control the entire human population. How do you do that? Uh, you, You eliminate fossil fuels. You depopulate the planet. This is all Bill Gates. This is stuff Bill Gates talks about in his public lectures. All right. This is not conspiracy theory stuff. This is Bill Gates TED Talks 101. Reduce population. There's too many people on the planet. This is what they say. And then you move everybody to all of this electric stuff that um, that has to use solar panels and windmills to charge. And then you regulate energy usage accordingly. This is what they want to do. This is what they want to do uh, to control the population, to control our everyday lives, and this is where we're going. That's why we need to enter this electric phase very slowly and very methodically uh, because if you, you, know, you, you go all out for electric, then here's what's going to happen, and it's happening now. You go, you get the smart system for your house, the smart thermostat for your home. We've seen this happen up in the Northeast, where you say, Oh, oh, these, these new smart thermostats, and I know people that use them, we use them here at our facility. They're very handy, they're very convenient. Um, but that's one step closer to the government controlling what your thermostat is set on. Then 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 you transition to these electric vehicles. Well, that's one step closer to the government controlling well, how far do you drive in a day? Because all these cars, all these driverless cars are all going to be connected to 5G. They're all going to be connected to the Internet. And all it takes is a state or Congress passing a bill that says that the EPA or the Department of Energy has the right to work with uh, the car manufacturers to control how far you drive each day, all in the name of quote-unquote Climate change. That's why we have to go at this hoax directly from the foundation from the core. We cannot allow the lie of climate change, the lie of global warming to persist in our society because if you buy into the lie, then all of their proposals are then justified. If you if you legitimize their lie that our planet is burning and that CO2 emissions are bad for the planet then that justifies any measures they take because what they'll say is we're quote-unquote saving humanity. So we have to go at this from the foundation, from the basic assumption and the basic understanding that their entire narrative is built on sinking sand. It's all built on a lie. We cannot legitimize uh, the whole movement, the entire agenda, because if we do... Then all of their talking points and all of their narratives and all their policy agendas and the Green New Deal, it's all justified because they say we're trying to save humanity. We're trying to save humanity. So we got to keep undermining the entire talking point of a climate change, of global warming. Well, President Biden signed a executive order cracking down on what he calls conversion therapy. And, folks, this is very dark. And it really shows you the heart of, uh, of Joe Biden himself and the people around him. The, the, the conversion therapy, what, what the, the left wants you to believe, and this is, this is specifically regarding human sexuality and people who struggle with their sexual identity, which is a legitimate issue uh, amongst our culture and amongst people. But what they want you to believe is that you can't change. You can't change. Well, at least you can't change one way. So if you're if you're a boy and you think you're a girl, well, sure you can identify as a girl. You can you can change your sex. That's what they say. That's the big lie. Uh, but once you get there, you can't go back. All right. This that's their position. And so if you're struggling with your gen, with your sexual identity, if you're struggling with your identity, and you you buy into the lie that you can change your sex. Well, the sexual deviancy crowd say, no, 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 if you want to go back to your biological sex, if you want to transition back to reality, you can't do that. And so this targeting of conversion therapy, this targeting really of emotional, spiritual, and mental help is dangerous. They want to trap our youth. They want to trap people in our society in darkness, and when people like you and I want to come along and speak truth into the lives of people, they want to say, no, you can't do that. No Christian counselor, no pastor, nobody speaking truth into the lives of people that are struggling struggling with spiritual and emotional issues. We cannot let them ban this type of counsel. AFA at the core. Be back in a few.
5: A baby's crying. It's the sound of God's gift of life that began at conception. The church needs to speak out on the sanctity of life, but believe it or not, there are those in the church who disagree. Dr. Michael Brown says the early church was always clear. Abortion is sinful. His article, What the Early Church Said About Abortion, will stir us to unite on that fact, but it also reminds us of God's mercy and forgiveness. You can read this article at afa.net slash the stand.
4: This is Bible League International. Thank God your pastor wasn't attacked on Sunday, but it happened to Pastor Nepo recently while preaching in Burundi, Africa. 20 radicals dragged him down the aisle to the front lawn where they beat him nearly to death because he's been faithfully sharing the gospel with Muslims and nearly 200 have come to Christ in his village where Christians are attacked daily.
2: Anyone who comes to Jesus as their Lord and Savior are easily persecuted.
4: In coastal India, Jayanth planted a church in a village with no Christians and today, more than half of that village follows Christ, but it did not come easy. His house was burned down twice, his wife was assaulted, and many in the church have been threatened with death, but they're not praying for an end to their suffering, they're praying for Bibles to endure and persevere. We're halfway to our goal to send God's Word to 16,000 Bible-less, persecuted believers, and we need to wrap up in a week. So at $5 a Bible, $100 sins 20, will you call 800-YES-WORD? 800-YES-WORD or give at SendBiblesNow.org SendBiblesNow.org and God bless you for
3: if you are 65 or older, you know this. It's really frustrating to deal with out-of-pocket medical expenses, watching your hard-earned dollars just flying out the window. Well, here's something that can really help, and it's worth taking a minute to look into. MediShare has a new option called MediShare 65+. MediShare is a community of Christians who share each other's health care bills And it really is a community. People encourage and pray for each other. And MediShare 65 Plus is a low-cost option for those with Medicare Parts A and B that fills in the gaps where Medicare stops. You can lock in one low monthly price for up to 10 years. It's great for peace of mind. You can use your Medicare-approved doctor and get prescription savings, dental and vision savings. Very worth looking into, and it's so easy to find out why people rave about the customer service at MediShare. They're great to talk to on the phone. Here's the number. Call 833-45-BIBLE. That's 833-45-BIBLE. 833-45-BIBLE.
5: AFA at the Core podcast are available at AFR.net. Back to AFA at the Core on American Family Radio.
0: Welcome back to the core here on American Family Radio. Well, I want to introduce our next guest. We have on with us Dr. Tara Sander Lee. She's Senior Fellow and Director of Life Sciences over at the uh, Charlotte Lozier Institute, also, also an author as well. Her latest book, Choose Life, Answering Key Claims of Abortion Defenders with Compassion. Uh, uh, Dr. Lee, welcome to AFA at the core.
2: Uh, thank you so much for the invitation. It's great to be here.
0: Well, uh, Dr. Lee, before we jump into some questions and we talk about the life issue and where we are in America in twenty twenty two, tell us a little bit about your your background, where you came from, where you are now, and how you ended up being a, a defender of human life.
2: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a scientist by training um, with over twenty years experience in academic and clinical medicine really with an emphasis on the cause of pediatric disease. So I obtained a PhD in biochemistry biochemistry from the Medical College of Wisconsin and then did uh, postdoctoral training in molecular and cell biology at Harvard Medical School and Boston Children's. And then I uh, served as a faculty member for several years, actually over 15 years, and served uh, doing research and serving as a scientific director of molecular diagnostics at Children's Hospital of Wisconsin. So in a nutshell, I was I was a pretty geeky scientist in the lab doing research and and, and, and and developing genetic tests for these kids that had genetic disease. And then, um, you know, the Lord really called me to, to start to be a voice for the voiceless and to stand up and to educate the public on the dignity and humanity of the unborn uh, child. And so now I am a senior fellow and director of life sciences at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Um, where we advise and lead the pro-life movement with cutting-edge scientific and statistical research that underscores the dignity of every human life. And I do scientific research, legislative testimony, presentations, basically anything that helps to educate policymakers and the public on the undeniable humanity of every life, from Mm. conception to natural death.
0: Uh, Dr. Lee, let me ask you this. You know, uh, the the polling and the, the public... Per- are the perception that I have, after looking at you know uh, uh, polling and, and public opinion and perception on the issue of human life, uh, when when the public thinks it begins, when uh, when it should be protected, so on and so forth, and you know we we've, we've been trending, from what I understand, we've been trending more towards favoring human life, protecting human life, especially amongst the younger generation, amongst the millennials, and so on, but. It seems though that the, the more we, we we convince society and culture that human life begins at conception, the louder the other side gets. So so are we making headway, and not not talking just from a legal perspective. Are we making headway from a public opinion perception uh, perception, and and if so, is it is it because the other side is getting louder and louder and more radical? Uh, yes, I
2: think I mean some recent polling shows actually, that 71% of Americans actually support significant limits on abortion. And they understand the humanity of the unborn child. And most Americans would actually prefer that the people set abortion policy through their elected officials, not, you know, that Roe would not be the law of the land. And so um, and, and I think that a, a huge part of that is because they do see the extreme how extreme the other side is when it comes to abortion. I mean, they are advocating for abortion for any reason, mm. any time throughout pregnancy up until the point of birth. And, you know, this is such a barbaric, um, idea, right? I mean, we are talking ripping literally the limbs off of these babies at, t- and, and, especially if we look at like the Dobbs case, Mississippi, and, and where they want to pass a bill that would, um, Prohibit abortion at fifteen weeks. I mean, we're talking at the time fifteen weeks when these babies feel pain, they um, they have a beating heart, they can suck their thumbs, they have fully formed noses and lips, eyes and eyebrows. Mm. You know these these children deserve a voice in the American democratic process, and and the fact that the other side is is saying that it's okay that it, there's, a, there's a right to kill a baby at that stage, at any stage, even up until the point of birth. You're right. I think I think. They're,
0: the majority of Americans are saying, "Wait, hold on! Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just that's just not right." Yeah, and and, and you know uh, we're not surprised at the threats and the uh, acts of violence against against pro life pregnancy centers, and you even had the assassination attempt against Justice Brett Kavanaugh. I mean, if you're for killing babies throughout all parts of pregnancy, then it's not a stretch to want to physically harm someone who's against that practice that you push. So hard. Uh, So that's that that, 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 that their their wickedness is really showing itself uh, with the leak of this opinion and the reaction. Let me ask you this, uh, Dr. Lee, should should the draft opinion stay for the most part, stay in its uh, form that it was leaked as and Roe v. Wade is formally overturned uh, the issue of abortion is sent back to the states to determine at the state legislative level. what What's the next step? Because, folks, I just want to uh, emphasize to our audience, the issue uh, of fighting for human life is not by any means over if, this, if Roe v. Wade is overturned and this is sent back to the states. Really, this is fight is only beginning. Tell us a little bit about what we need to be preparing for should this issue land in the hands of state legislatures.
2: Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, if the draft opinion holds, um, the outcome is that the American people will now be able to decide the issue of abortion through their elected officials in the states and in Congress. And so, um, this really becomes an opportunity for the democratic process to really um, be exactly what it's supposed to be. People are going to elect their individuals, and we are going to see we are going to see states that already have been trying to pass. Major pro-life laws to protect the unborn, and they will now, if if these legislators continue to be elected, they will be allowed to do so. There's going to be states, though, that you know, like California, Oregon, New York, that um, you know they will they will be given full autonomy to be able to have the extreme abortion laws that they want in their state. So yes, you're right. The battle is it's going to be a huge step forward if if Roe is overturned. It's going to be a huge step forward, even if they uphold Mississippi law. Yeah. And they say that now babies' pre now can be, can be protected, such mm. as that's 15 weeks. So they're both wins. But you're right. The battle is just beginning because now we're going to be going state by state and um, helping people to understand, just A, educating them on the humanity of the unborn child, that they, there is undeniable humanity. These are human beings from the moment of conception all the way up until birth. Um, We're also going to be working very closely to support women and to provide the resources necessary for these mothers, you know, that that choose to embrace life. I mean, we know that there are more than 2,700 pregnancy care centers standing and ready across the country to serve millions of women annually. I mean, and, and it's just so unfortunate because these are the very centers that are being targeted by these extreme groups. Such as um, Jane's Revenge, you know, mm. they're inciting violence on these very places that aim to help women facing an unplanned pregnancy and provide them with material support, provide them with information so that they can make an informed decision and really feel empowered to keep their baby and to have the resources they need. So it's just, it's a really tragic moment when you see then that this violence that's occurring against them and these are the very people that actually want to help women because. You know, abortion involves two people, right? It, yeah. it, 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 it's it's a it's a crime. It's a there are two victims in any abortion. It's the unborn child that is killed, and then the woman. We know that there are serious physical and mental health risks any time a woman has an abortion, and so um, there's just a lot of education that needs to happen to help people understand this. And we're going to have to go state by state.
0: Doctor Lee, in your book "Choose Life," answering key claims of abortion defenders with compassion, what what would you say is the top the top talking point or the top lie that you debunk in the book?
2: The top lie that I debunk in the book is that the unborn child is not a human being, Hmm. not an individual patient and a separate human being from the mother. And so that is really the purpose of my chapter is to walk the reader through step by step the humanity of the unborn child from the very beginning up until birth. Um, I talk about how the abortion industry deliberately lies and um, subverts the humanity of the unborn child in order to, you know, basically as a way to um, serve as a, a, a salve for soothing their own conscience, right? In their extreme abortion agenda. I mean, if they can convince you that it's not a human being, That this is not a real human being that has a beating heart, that feels pain, that has fingers and toes, you know, that has 90% of their body structures from 10 weeks, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. gestation. If they can convince you that, that they can say this is just pregnancy tissue or this is just a ball of cells, you know, then then they have, they're really working hard. And so to to convince people that it's not a human being because it honestly, it's really the only way that they can sleep at night. And then by using those words, I think women then begin to doubt. And so that's why ultrasound just becomes an incredible tool Hmm. um, that, especially like with these pregnancy centers use, you know, to help women to see the amazing human life that is, um, that is developing inside and to see those noses and eyebrows, you know, that are formed so early on. And so, I really walk through the reader through, um, and I really walk through too just the dignity of human life, and just even um, you know in scriptures it says how we are fearfully and wonderfully made, every one of God's creatures, mm-hmm. and and just I really make an effort to help people understand and educate.
0: Do- Dr. Lee, thank you so much for your fight for human life, and I know this is this is going to heat up, and and the work to uh, preserve the life and save the life of every child is going to continue for decades to come. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on the show and keep up the good work.
2: Thank you so much for having me. Have a great day.
0: All right. Thank you. That's uh, Dr. Tara Sander-Lee. She's a Harvard scientist. She's also um, director of life sciences over at the Charlotte Lozier Institute. Uh, That organization has been dedicated to policies and practices to protect the sanctity of human life. Uh, She's got 20 years experience in the scientific uh, field, Ph.D. in biochemistry from the Medical College of Wisconsin and uh fellowship training at Harvard Medical School in Boston Children's Hospital. So a lot of experience, a lot of background, and thankful to have people like Dr. Lee uh, defending human life. Well, folks, I want uh, uh, to finish the show addressing uh, the topic of threats against Christians in today's society. You know, uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland has done nothing to take any action to protect Christian pro-life pregnancy centers around the country that are being firebombed, they're being attacked, they're being vandalized. Threats are being lodged against uh, the uh, people who fight to defend human life, and the Attorney General's office, the Department of Justice, has done little, if anything, uh, to protect the, um, protect the protect these centers. And we've had we have over forty pro-life pregnancy centers that have been attacked over 40 in the last month and a week over 40 that have been attacked so we have an action alert out right now with uh, a call to action for the attorney general to protect uh, to, to not only go after these domestic terrorists that are threatening violence against you and me but also go after and uh, the people who are illegally protesting outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices. Uh, So we have a call to action on our website, AFA.net. I want to encourage you to go there. Right there on the homepage of AFA.net, the latest action alert is this. Tell U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland to protect justices by doing his job. Simply do your job. Uphold the rule of law do your job, protect Supreme Court justices because what a lot of people don't know is that if if a left-wing radical like the one that attempted to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh, so we have a documented legal case of a left-wing radical to, attempting to assassinate Brett Kavanaugh, a Supreme Court justice, if one of the justices are assassinated before this case is released, then the case is null and void. They have to go back and do it again. They cannot release a final opinion if every justice that signed on to the opinion that voted on the case is not currently alive when the uh, opinion is released. So this this is terrible. This is why Robert should have released the opinion weeks ago. The opinion should already be released. You know, this whole waiting until the end of June and they all go on vacation is absolutely absurd in this context. We have active terroristic threats against the Supreme Court justices, and Roberts is holding this case until the end of June. So we're letting it fester. We're letting it linger. We're letting people, mobs, be outside of the homes of justices. We're letting pregnancy centers be firebombed. While we're holding this case, why are we holding the case? All right, this case has been before the court for months. The opinions have had plenty of times to be plenty of time to be drafted. The Supreme Court opinion on Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Center needs to be released ASAP. No more holding it over. No more lingering it. No more playing political games. No more waiting until the end of June. Release the opinion protect the justices, and go after terrorists that want to kill and, and and attack Christians and Christian ministries around this country. Enough of the nonsense. Law and order. Let's protect the country and protect our citizens. AFA at the core. We'll see you next time.